Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm joined by Lakshmi Anish, the Director of Data Science Practice for PepsiCo Data Analytics Organization. She has over 20 years experience of CPG industry and technology experience, with her most of her career spent on building data-driven enterprises through AI and ML. She is also actively involved in gender equality and diversity in the workplace initiatives and has been a core member of Women of Color at PepsiCo. Lakshmi lives in Frisco, Texas with her husband and three young children. Welcome, Lakshmi. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, hi, Sari. Happy to be here. Great. So I just want to dive right into this. And I know your focus is really on how to drive those business outcomes through analytics. And this is a really important topic because I think over and over again, we're constantly reminded to you know focus more on the business. But I'd love to hear from your, you in terms of how do you really drive change in business outcomes through analytics? And what's your starting point for that at PepsiCo? Right. Um, I think that's, uh, that's the cornerstone of really what my organization and my team does. So, you know, influence, being able to influence business through our analytics. Um, if you just think about it in the last, say, 20, 30 years, analytics has gone through a major shift, a uh, shift in from, uh, you know, descriptive analytics in the form of dashboards or reports to uh, predictive analytics and now to prescriptive, right? So it's been a major shift from that perspective. And we are no longer actually even surprised to hear that even in the world of global trading, like 30% plus of trading happens through uh, algorithms, right? Not through human intervention. So, and PepsiCo has been no different. We have adopted analytics in almost every phase of our business right from farm to shelf as we like to you know it's a it's a phrase we use in pepsico very frequently and then when you're talking about shelves definitely knowing what to sell where to sell what what kind of products do we put on our shelves for our consumers becomes key so knowing our consumers is one of the core aspects of how we drive our business and that's again one area where we do use analytics pretty heavily um one and you know over the past, actually in the past, what we have done is we have actually tried to understand our consumers through panel studies, which is pretty common in the CPG industry and the food industry. I think gone are those days where we were relying <laughs> only on panel studies because today our consumers, you and me included, we post so much on social media. Mm-hmm. We, we have so many digital platforms to share our interests, right? Be it through blogs, be it through sharing recipes, downloading menus. There are so many ways we can do that. And all that information is actually information for companies like PepsiCo to learn our consumers from. So one, one interesting um, a study that happened and you know something that happened uh, with PepsiCo last year was during the pandemic, uh, using all this information, analytics on our consumers, we realized a trend that was really very relevant to our consumers was immunity and immunity boosting um, uh, food products, right? So this was a trend that was that was identified through analytics, through data analytics, and something that 
became relevant to our business. Our product innovation teams actually went and identified it as a major trend. We launched a product um, uh, called Propel Immune Boost, which is actually, it got launched last fall. So the time from the, from the time that trend was identified to the time a product actually came on the shelves was a pretty short life cycle, if you think about it. And that's how analytics got engaged in, you know, in that business process. So that's an example of uh, what's happened. And I think um, it's not just important to identify trends um, and insights from historical information and data. I think what's become even more uh, important for us is identifying those new trends, trends that are gonna stick, that are gonna be relevant for our business in the future as well. So through our value chain, through our supply chain, analytics is almost involved in every phase of it. I think this is I love a recent example of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. It's such a recent example. And there's so many parts of what you shared I want to pull apart. One, just starting with like the customer focus, right, is really where it all begins. And I think that's so valuable to remember. I think the second part is, to how you shifted from panels and maybe survey questions to getting real-time in a way data. And when you think of like consumer good products, I, I wouldn't even have thought first to use social media for that, right? So that was a really creative and innovative way to do it. And when you think about the way you responded more quickly, right, with the pandemic and seeing how people's behavior shifted and changed exactly. and were able to use that, it's such a fantastic example of, you know, some of the innovative ways we can use analytics in this space and drive value. Exactly. And not just considering analytics as a study that, you know, which was, uh, which was how it was used a few years back, right? Where you would do a study and then you would get some insights from it and then that's it, right? Then you would think, okay, maybe I'll do the study two years down the line. I think things have shifted so much. Now you want it to be embedded in your business processes where you're continuously monitoring trends, right? Not just this one-time trend. So analytics has definitely been a major part of our business processes um, today. And it's embedded in our business processes today. I love that. So I love how you share it's embedded in your business processes. So can you talk about a little bit about what that alignment looks like? Like, how did you get to the point to align that business and technical team together so that they aren't separate silos as, you know, often exist at companies? Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a great question. And that's something I think uh, pretty much across any industry you go, that's very relevant to every industry, right? Making sure that Technology is in lockstep with business. Um, in PepsiCo, at least, I think we have uh, we have taken a very a very strategic and focused approach to that. So we are our, um, the chief strategy and transformation office. It's a global function within PepsiCo, and the global function actually focuses on making sure that technology vision and roadmaps are actually aligned to our business vision and business roadmaps. So there's a global organizational level guidance to it. And then all our teams are working towards that. So that's from an organization perspective. From an implementation and on the ground perspective, we are moving towards, uh, PepsiCo is shifting towards product oriented development. 
So we have product and we have we are using an agile framework to do that development. So from that perspective, in our agile teams, we do have business um, SMEs embedded. So the business teams and the technology teams at the ground level are very tightly coupled. They are engaged together on a day to day basis. And I think to, to add on to it, I think the third piece of this is the governance around this, right? Just to make sure that it's not just a vision that's done once and you know we forget about it. We wanna make sure that that's really uh, embedded in our um, technology processes and our digital uh, processes as well. So we do have steering committees that are set up, uh, be it at sector levels or at global levels for global programs which have leaders from both technology and business who are part, who have a line of sight of what's happening in that program, who know what the critical path is, what the risks are, um, what the priorities are, or what the changing priorities are, which is pretty, you know, very frequent uh, in the marketplace as well. So that's how I think we can kind of tie that thread together in terms of making sure business and technology um, is going hand in hand and the priorities are the same. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I honestly think you just really outlined all the pieces needed for like an analytics transformation strategy, right? Like, yeah, you have to have the strategy, the business strategy involved, the data governance, the technical teams, like all those have to be aligned. And it really is a team sport and how it's operated and how you make that impact happen. Absolutely, absolutely. It has to be there through the entire system, right? Entire value chain that we have. Otherwise, it just breaks apart after a few years. Definitely. So you have things well aligned at PepsiCo, which is fantastic. But, you know, even the technical teams need to have some sense of business acumen. So how do you cultivate this? Because in technical teams, we focus so much on you need to know Python, you need to know all these skills, right? And how do you get them to, you know, still focus on that and be good at their job, but then take a step above that and really dive into what is the business doing? What are those business processes and have that like business owner mindset? Absolutely. And I think uh, to your earlier point about, you know, we have big, we have it all figured out at Pepsi. I think it's a journey, right? It's a journey that we have as business and technology has been just, uh, you know, ongoing. It's an ongoing journey, right? So, uh, and, and, and definitely having the business acumen is key. Uh, I don't think there's a silver bullet to it at all, right? That will solve for it. There are multiple ways maybe we can try to get to it. Um, as I said before, having business SMEs embedded in our technology teams, in our technology programs is key to it. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, I think our business uh, subject matter experts are definitely the best people to educate our technology teams on what's happening, what's the business process, what's the uh, thinking behind certain things. That's one one aspect of it, and I think having an agile scrum team uh, definitely helps that, um, specifically when things are changing so fast, right? And that's where I think that agile mindset definitely helps. Um, from a, my this is my personal opinion, and I think this is what I've tried to cultivate in my teams as a leader is definitely having that business focus, right? Looking at things top down, 
having an business overview of what is the problem that we are trying to solve. How does that impact the business? What is the business process that's going to change? And this actually becomes very important in terms of analytical solutions, because unlike software engineering solutions that are built, be it a, you know, a website or something, requirements are pretty clear, um, or at least partially clear to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. Analytic solutions, you have to really look at the data, understand you're trying to develop a solution. You're trying to develop a problem statement. You're helping the business develop that problem statement together with them, right? So you really need to understand the data. You have to understand the business process behind it as well. So that's been a, you know, personally, I feel that's helped me in my career and in my journey. Uh, so that's something I really, uh, ask my teams to focus on. Um, and I think from a data specific perspective, just so that this knowledge is not locked with individuals, right? Uh, I think in PepsiCo, we are trying to get to a more, uh, more comprehensive data cataloging uh, perspective of it as well. So that there's some, um, some process set to that knowledge sharing. Uh, definitely from a data perspective, that becomes very important so that we have more citizen consumers of the data who have the business context and are not, um, you know, just reliant on either technology or the um, business teams. So I think there are multiple ways to get to it. Definitely no silver bullet, mm -hmm. but that's extremely important in our data and analytics organization. Yeah, I really love that. I love how you bring in both of those mindsets. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into this concept of the citizen data scientist, because I think it's talked about a lot and, you know, the buzzwords in the ecosphere of the world of data. But what does that look like for you guys at PepsiCo? And how did you start to cultivate citizen data scientists? I think it's, um, I think it's a, it's a journey again, right? It's not that we have accomplished it all together, but definitely mm -hmm. that's the goal that we are working towards. Um, um, I think when we say citizen uh, data scientists, it does not have to be people who are, you know, PhDs on data science. It does not have to be people who are statistical, you know, uh, have a statistical background. It can be anyone who can, who is, who's trying to glean some insights from the data. I think, and for that, making that data available in a format where people can consume it, subscribe to it, understand it becomes important. Um, and one of the major, uh, major pieces in that journey is that data cataloging. That's a, that's a massive one for us at PepsiCo. That's a massive focus for us at, at PepsiCo. Um, and it's, it's, it needs engagement from technology, it needs engagement from business teams as well, so that you are actually adding that context to that data, data sets that are available. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot, and we, we are like a very complex organization as well. We have so many markets, so many countries, everybody having their own data, data sets. So getting to that a point where we have more and more um, citizen data scientists who can look at the data, understand the data, and also do some basic analysis with it. Um, I think getting to that is definitely a goal that we have uh, from an organization perspective. 
and there are multiple steps to it right and um, mm-hmm. i think that's I, and you'll see that actually even on our business organizations there are analysts who do some of this work there are they do have analysts who are just data analysts and they do have some uh, statistical analysts as well so making the data available to all of them um, so that it is then you know if there is a reusable component to it or there's a scalable component to it there's a cross learning between teams that can all be enabled i think it's that journey that we would call this enabling the citizen data scientists in pepsico yeah i love that you mentioned that it's it's definitely a journey that we're all on right i think it's important to remember there is no arriving at the end finish line of anyone who's ever figured it out that it's perfect and also in that same regard the big factor is that enablement of the data and making it accessible to people because you know it's amazing what even business owners can do when they have that access to the tools and the data easily available Absolutely. so in that regard are there are there any type of tools that you have found really helpful in either making that data accessible or data catalogs that you found you know really enabling those citizen data scientists so we are trying to actually build it into our um, uh, establish it within our business processes and our technology processes. Uh, we do not. We are actually building that catalog act right now. There's a huge global initiative where we are doing building that data catalog, and it's called the Data Marketplace within uh, PepsiCo. So one of the tool sets that we have been experimenting with over the last few years is Alation. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it is very suited, again, my personal opinion here, um, is suited to, to, to begin with, it's suited for our technology teams, but then you always have to layer it in with the business engagement where business teams actually put in context to it. Alation is good to just grab data out of your databases. You can put in all your columns, et cetera, but you have that next level of adding context to it is something that the technology teams have to partner with business on. And I think that's where we are, where the business teams have started um, seeing the value in having this catalog and you know investing time in helping curate it and nurture it so that it's it's actually a curated data set, right? So that you can use it. So that's a, one of our tools that we are using today. Awesome, yeah, you're speaking our language here at Women in Data because we did a couple of workshops with Alation this year and it's definitely an amazing and powerful tool. And I love that connection you're bringing with the business in regards to seeing that enablement happen, so. Just want to shift gears a little bit and talk about then some of the skills that you look for in people and particularly in regards to those with analytics backgrounds that you want to hire for your organization that you know are going to drive those business outcomes. Mm -hmm. What is it that you look for in people when you're hiring for these skills? So I'm part of the data and analytics organization and my team focuses on uh, advanced analytics uh, solutions at scale. So we actually have a multitude of uh, roles uh, and from our supporting uh, teams as well. You know, everything is around data. So definitely having (laughs) data analysts, uh, people who have that um, 
the drive to look at data, understand it, put it together, uh, gather insights, kind of a business analyst comma data analyst role. I know these roles are becoming a little bit um, uh, diluted because of that, because of the need for business knowledge there. But I think that's also something that can be cultivated um, if you have a good data analyst, somebody who can do good, who has good querying skills and can, you know, just dig deep into the data, slice and dice in different ways. That's one set of roles that we have. Definitely, we do have data engineering roles because we are trying to build these data foundations. And, uh, you know, that's pretty standard uh, to, to build these foundation, have these ingestion processes that can be built at scale. Um, from a data science and analytics perspective, we do have data scientists who are really like, you know, our PhDs, uh, who are these mad scientists who can just, uh, you know, have the context of the business, can listen to our business problems, come up with innovative ideas on what statistical models should we try, what, you know, modeling techniques should we implement, etc. But on the other hand, we also have um, machine learning engineers who whose role is actually to take what our data scientists are coming up with ideas as proof of concepts, but to make it mm -hmm. scalable, make it mm -hmm. from an implementation standpoint. Because again, I think what the data scientists give many a times their focus is just to build that initial framework of how to solve the problem, not necessarily to mm -hmm. implement it in a yep. way where it's sustainable, right? So machine engineering is um, another um, uh, core area and skill set that we look at. We also, from a prescriptive perspective, look at optimization engineering, which is a very niche skill set by itself, mm -hmm. like operations research background is needed for that. Um, so optimization is another, um, you know, from a prescriptive analytics perspective that has become a core focus area as well. So these are, uh, at least in the data and analytics area, these are some of the core skills that we look at and that my team specifically looks at. Yeah, that's, you provided such a great outline and it just makes me think of how much this industry has expanded in the past 10 years, you know, starting with data science and, you know, but you mentioned essentially five additional roles in the family, right? So I'd love to wrap up in terms of like, you have 20 years of experience in this industry, which is incredible. Like, where have you seen the trends come from and what are you excited about in the next 20 years of what's to happen? I think when I, uh, at least in my career journey, I did start, start off as a software engineer. I very, after that, pretty soon moved into a data analyst, um, um, uh, data warehousing uh, specialist kind of a role. And then, you know, I've seen how, the data transformation from plain vanilla reports moved to dashboards and then business intelligence was the next big thing right and then it was analytics but it was still as i said analytics which would be used here and there for studies and so on and then now it's like you know ml um, um, ai ml where it's like very involved it's very embedded in processes you know, most of our digital solutions have machine learning embedded where these machine learning algorithms are not just running 
once a year or once a quarter they are actually you know almost like daily learning new things and uh, predicting on it it's definitely a very interesting space to be there and i think the next one is definitely you know looking at natural language processing and um uh, you know looking at uh, uh, augmented uh, um analytics i think i think the it seems to be i think there are probably there are some terminologies which i can't even think of at this time of how this is going to expand right because the nomenclature of things that we are hearing is just exponentially uh, been at least in the last i think 10 15 years they have just exponentially exploded right of the possibility mm-hmm. that we can do so i'm super excited to be in this space and uh, very fortunate to have been in this space and have learn things on the job on this for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's an exciting time to be alive and definitely exciting time to be in this space. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experiences and insight with us into how to drive those business outcomes. I think there's a lot of great key nuggets to take away from this. Um if people are interested in learning more about you or PepsiCo what you're doing what's the best way for them to connect with you Uh I'm on LinkedIn they can definitely reach out to me on that um so I think that will be great if if somebody wants to connect absolutely Awesome Perfect we'll we'll definitely share that in the show notes and again thank you so much for joining us today this has been really insightful and looking forward to having you in the women in data community yeah thank you thanks for having me sari super excited uh, to be um on this podcast and you know it was a great experience happy to be here awesome. thanks so much thanks thank so much you. thank you Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Data Bites podcast. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.